Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good of you to be with us. Thank you so much for doing so. Happy Balls McWednesday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew is here doing what he does as well. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Don't forget, right now, all FSU fans, all FSU fans, it's a buck. There it is. Look at that. I told you that's what happens if I say it's a buck. Orchant.com on three, one dollar, one year. That's a uh, site launch special. Don't know how long it's going to last. You can't even get a pack of gum for a dollar anymore. You buy a lot of gum, do you? No. Me neither. But I see it at the register. I never really even pay attention to the gum. I couldn't tell you what gum costs. I love the spearmint mints. That's what I like. The old school ones that had the little green in the middle with mm-hmm, the filling. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, when you're a kid and you love things like gum, Bubblicious, a good Bubblicious was nice. Uh, It was also very frustrating that um, the the fruity, whatever it was called, uh, the yikes, tutti tutti fruity, whatever the hell that was, um, that the flavor didn't last. Yeah, it's the same with yikes stripes. It was the one with the zebra Mm, on the uh, cover. James, good on you, sir. Jeff, does Norvell have a problem when it comes to hanging on to a quarterback, or would you just chalk it up to bad luck? No, I wouldn't chalk it up to bad luck. They haven't had a real good offense here. They, they've been kind of substandard. And if you're not winning games, getting quarterbacks of any uh, you know caliber, high caliber, is difficult. Um, I, I think when you, if you're talking specifically about a kid that has a chance to choose between Florida State and Ohio State, I don't know how you can expect to win that battle. I think the second that Ohio State got involved, we were screwed. And if you're being objective about it, I, I, I don't know how he wouldn't choose Ohio State. I'm not objective. I love Florida State. I'd go to Florida State if I were a quarterback because I love Florida State. But if I'm some kid that's just looking at who gives me the best chance to succeed and thus put the best tape out there for the NFL, which is where I ultimately want to go, it ain't here. It's Ohio State because they don't miss on quarterbacks, if you haven't noticed. They ha- they're loaded at wide receiver, and every year they have a Heisman candidate at quarterback. It's crazy. Uh, so now all of a sudden— yeah, Whether or not they get to their second contract is irrelevant. It doesn't matter, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to the league. I'm trying to get drafted. So if I'm that guy and Ohio State calls me and says, hey, I know you're interested in Florida State, but uh, 
we, we'd like you. We'd like you to come to Ohio State. Well, sorry, Florida State. Peace. You know, I mean, that's akin to being asked to come to Alabama or Georgia right now. You're going to go. That's They're one of those schools. So I think you run this risk when you're looking for a good quarterback. Obviously, you don't want average-ass quarterbacks. So you find a kid, and let's say you're a really good evaluator and you're on him early. The truth of the matter is you have to begin to gauge, is this kid going to get noticed by schools that are going to outflank us, that have a chance to get this kid just by offering him sight unseen almost compared to the relationship building that we're trying to do along the way to get you to buy into a vision. If I've got a competitor that doesn't even have to sell a vision, just calls and says, hey, it's Alabama. If Nick Saban calls that kid and says, I'd like you to come play at Alabama, it's over. I don't care if I've been talking to him for a year and a half. It doesn't matter. I'm done in most cases, in most cases. Then you got to ask yourself, if that kid is going to ascend to that level, maybe I shouldn't be talking to him because we can't get him. It sucks to have to do that. Until until, you win eight or nine games. Correct, correct. You are stuck. If you get a kid that is coming up the ranks in the world of recruiting, starting to get noticed, more and more eyes are on him, he's doing well in these seven-ons, and he's doing well at these camps, and all of a sudden the offer list, which started with Florida State, West Virginia, TCU, and... Louisville. Okay. Louisville. When that offer list gets added to, when you go to on three and you check that offer list and you say... Where'd you go? On three. Oh, okay. And you For a buck. And you say to yourself... <laughs> and you say to yourself, um, oh, no. Look who's joined the offer sheet. And it's Ohio State. It's Southern Cal. It's Georgia. It's Clemson. You're like, well, that's the end of that. Grand opening, grand closing. So I think that's kind of where we where we are. Uh, I think that's it's kind of the, we're stuck, unfortunately. Marcus, thank you, sir. Consider me subscribed to War Chant. Said Whoa! to myself, if I have a dollar and change in the car, I'll do it right now. I did, so here we are. You know, I I swore to myself I was gonna ha- I was gonna I was gonna create a situation where I didn't have a lot of change in my uh, in the drink holder of my car. You still do. I do. Really? I just can't deal with change in my pockets. Well, that's fair. Pisses me off. So I just, the first thing I do when I get in the car, if there's change in my pocket, I take it out. Where do you get change from would be my question. Uh, right by the studio here, there's a gas station. And sometimes if I'm dragging ass, I get a, a five-hour energy when I start the day. Uh, or you still or, pay for it in cash. Sometimes. I like cash, man. I do I like too, cash. But I, I don't like, I like change. Hold, I don't like change either. Uh, but it cost uh, $3.12, and so you get, well, that's what you got to do. I hand them a five. I See, <laughs> I, I like having cash for just easy transactions like you know tipping at a, at a restaurant or tipping a driver or whatever it is. Or betting. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or betting. betting. Yeah, betting. Very good. Got to have some cash on you when you're betting. But if I get to a situation at a register it says 312, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm putting that one gun back in the holster. I'm picking up the other one. And it's plastic. Yeah, and, I go and you swipe. go. Yeah, a little tappy. Yeah, a little tappity tap. I do the eighty-eight app. cents is just too much. I like, do the Apple Pay too. I'll do the Bing with my phone. I can't oh, yeah? wait till we get to a world where you just Bing with everything. We're kind of there. You're pretty close. 
Old Rona Not, sped that up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it did. Something good came out of the Rona. A lot of concession uh, stands across the they country. Won't accept cash. They won't accept cash at all. Yeah, I know, I know. Which is heartbreaking. And there was one game I went to recently, and I brought a bunch of cash. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm just uh, screwed. Yeah. Well, because you'd like to if leave I get the beaten, wall somebody's <laughs> gonna have a good day. <laughs> somebody's gonna have a very good day. I was expecting to buy six beers at this professional event, which is costing me a mint. Mm. So now I'm a liability. This front right pocket's in trouble. Um, yeah. Sean writes, Jeff, what if primetime calls the kid? Yeah, right. And offers millions of dollars. You're screwed. If he's got a financial backer, you're in trouble. I just, it recruiting is at an interesting place right now. I get it. People get upset uh, when you lose a kid and especially a quarterback, people get upset, but I, I don't, I think it's going to be kind of an up in the air deal at these positions of high profile until they win. Until they win, you know it's it's one thing. I, I I think Mike is really convincing. When you sit down and talk football with Mike, it becomes readily apparent very quickly that he's a, a sharp guy, knows the game. Uh, I actually like the totality of his offense. Like if you see what he ran at Memphis, he, he's able to shape it well to his personnel. Uh, but we haven't been able to run it here really uh, the way that it's meant to be. Cause so so I don't know what, what you do about. I that. just love his pension for details, like in all things. You know, he'll he'll scream two minutes before a media availability every camp. It's like how you know that camp's about to start for mm-hmm. spring or fall. But then I won't say who or what situation, but some people got screamed down yesterday for not being where they were supposed to be, and uh, yeah. it was pure comedy. I mean, awesome. Because the fury in his eye, and it wasn't a player. I'll, I'll rule out. It's not a, a coaching situation. It's just about the organization of things. And the fury in his eye for somebody being a couple of steps to the bad was amazing. He just cares so much about the L and climb, the little things. <laughs> he, um, yes, he is a stickler for details. I want my head coach to be a stickler for details. Yeah. You kind of have to be. You kind of have to be. That's a big operation you're running. Right. And there's a lot of challenges that come with but that. But I, I imagine... You know, maybe this communication was with people who don't know him all that well. And so this might be, you know, no, one of their yeah, first, the first true interactions yeah, with the big man. Because, yeah. you know, there are layers to this thing about who hires whom and all that. I'm like, yeah. woo. That's funny. That's an interesting Tuesday for y'all. <laughs> well, again, going back to where we're at with recruiting, um, I, I, I don't blame you guys. And this is probably not wise of me to say. But at least in terms of, you know, what we are, what we do for a living, where we're housed and all that. I have a hard time. Like, I think to myself, even if I were an avid fan of recruiting, like that's my thing, right? Some people, I just they just love it. They know everything about every kid and who his offers are and what he's, you know, where he's from and who he's considering. I'm not that guy. I pay attention when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. My I get favorite. the importance of it. T-shirt, my favorite T-shirt's an on three recruiting T-shirt. Yes, you know? there you go. That's your favorite T-shirt. Put it on every day. Yeah, so here's the thing. After uh, the shift in the game and what's happened with uh, NIL and what happened to us on signing day, I don't know that I could fully invest emotionally in recruiting um, maybe ever again. Certainly not until we start winning. Because how can you be sure of anything? I mean, I could have a kid lock, stock, and barrel, and we did. For two years, that kid could champion my university, 
could be on the sidelines celebrating his commitment to the school that I'm coach of or a fan of, and 24 hours before signing day gets waylaid with one hell of an opportunity. And I don't blame people for picking up the phone. I don't blame people for listening to these um, propositions. You should always listen. You should always listen. Even if you're happy where you're at, even if you have no intention of leaving, if somebody calls you about another job, you're going to listen. And in this case, if somebody calls and says, listen, I know you're committed to Florida State. You love Florida State. You've been committed to Florida State. I see you in Florida State gear all the time. You're doing the chop after every one of your touchdowns in high school. Got it. All of it. But I got $3 million that says maybe you want to go somewhere else. I don't blame a kid for listening to that offer. That is a weighty proposition. You got to consider that. But what it does to me as a fan of a program or a coach of a program or an avid follower of recruiting is it puts all of my passion on the back burner because I don't know what I can believe in. Yeah, I hear you, and, and I agree with a large part of what you're saying, but that would be like only caring about the third out of an inning for a closer. Like The, the first two outs matter, too, because you can blow, you can blow something before you record a single out or two outs, and... Getting kids on campus is a big deal. Oh, and they're getting Securing, a lot of kids on campus. That I mean, you got no chance if you don't get the kid on campus. So I, I think the formative stuff matters. It's mm-hmm. just whenever I see somebody on the commit list, I'm not ready to, That's all I'm to write them in ink. But it's important that you don't throw your hands to the sky, especially for the staff. Um, well, singularly for the staff. They can't, yeah. They can't. You've got to do the legwork, and if you get screwed on signing day, you get screwed on signing day, but you got to get the kids here, and that matters. So when things like that happen, and Lucas Simmons does commit to Florida State, whether or not he gets a $5 million offer on signing day, I mean, shoot, that would be too bad, so sad for us. But it, these things matter because it creates the momentum for other kids to say yes. And Sam McCall stuck when Hunter left, and you got Thomas because you kept relationships going, even though he didn't make his top five. Woodson kept calling AZ Thomas, and that made a difference. 100% agree that they can't give up on the process of recruiting. It's their livelihood. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Right. They're paid handsomely. They have to do it. They better be doing it, and hopefully they're succeeding more than they're losing along the way. Now, the better opportunity to see that happen is win games. But I'm just saying as a fan or as somebody who, who understands that it can all be pulled out from under you now in a way that it never used to be able to. Correct, and it's at all. Well, the good thing was the NCAA didn't go for the automatic transfers every year. I believe that got set down. Yeah, I don't think it was mm. pushed through this year, which right. is great. But you still always have to be paranoid, even for your own roster. Even still, if they haven't used their transfer strike yet, you you have to be every year and say, well, "I hope this kid's not showing up too good in, in camp and and in practice," because the word's going to get around, and Ohio State's going to call and they're going to say, "Hey, we need a right tackle. We got three kids get hurt. What do you think?" Here's you know seven hundred fifty grand up front. If you start, here's two million. What I like knowing is that some of the players that we not only got on campus but eventually did say yes to Florida State, recent players, are proof that our NIL game is where it needs to be, finally. Now, is it a better NIL game than they have at Texas A&M? No, and it can't be. can't be because we don't have endless oil money donors that where price is no... no um, Consideration. Object, yeah. yeah, object. So uh, that I'm not saying we have the best NIL, but we have one that's organized now and in place if we identify guys 
that we want to show what we're capable of, right? You know, yeah. 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 So uh, that that's important. We didn't always have that. Recently, we didn't have that, and that's unforgivable. To lose out on somebody in the modern landscape of recruiting, and we don't have to like it. It doesn't matter. I don't like it. You don't like it. Most college football fans don't like it. That's the way it is. To lose out on a kid because you didn't have your ducks in a row and you couldn't show him what's possible, that that is unforgivable. That's not going to happen anymore. Rising Spears done a very good job yeah. of uh, showing kids what's possible. Where I totally agree with you is when we wake up on the morning of signing day and you know we've got an eight-hour presentation on War Channel TV or whatever it is, I'm not going to assume anything. You know that that's that's where I totally agree with you. Even if a kid yeah. has been firmly no. committed, for, I mean, you can't. You just can't. No, it's it's we're in a different world. So in a way, that does make signing day kind of more linear and fun. If you're just you know kind of a masochist. it needs to be fun and linear for other people. Right. <laughs> I'm tired of this. We don't need to be the reason it's fun and loony for the rest of the country. Look at that, Florida State got screwed again. I'm tired of that. I want to be pointing my finger and laughing at some other university on signing day and soon. And the only way that's going to happen is if we win games. They got to win games, man. Because you you leave yourself open to being cheated on uh, or or having somebody whisked away at the last hour when you suck. You've given them cause to have a wandering eye, Tom. <laughs> and I think that's what's happened with us in a lot of cases. It's like, I really like them. I like them a lot. In the back of their mind, there's the voice going, but. Well, that's the uh, the thing that's going around the internet these days is like, he's a 10 or she's a 10, but. Like, well, the power keeps going off. I mean, it keeps saying he's forgetting to pay the bill. I don't know that he has the money to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got to go. I think, yeah, yeah. It's the third it's time. The third it's time. What's going on well, here? This third time is a full day we didn't yeah. get power. It's hot as Hades in here. The first time he said it was the utility company. <laughs> yeah. You know, by the way, as we go to break, when I was in college, I got my lights turned off all the time. I broke ass. I I, I didn't. I, I would forget to pay because I was irresponsible. But you always conveniently forget when you don't have any money to begin with. So it's like, Oh yeah, I gotta pay the light bill or whatever the electric bill. But when I do, I'm broke for two weeks. So it's easy to forget on that Monday that you needed to give away your last hundred dollars. So you just brought back memories of me driving to downtown Tallahassee, where I used to have to go to pay the electric bill. This is how we did things back before the internet, Tom. And I had to go and drive to that building. It's right there where you take a ride on Monroe, like you're gonna go to the Civic Center. And go in there, and you risked getting your car towed because you could never find a space. And so I would just pull up to a non-space and race in to pay and hope that I wasn't going to get towed, which is dumb. But this is all Indeed, part of a series boy, of yeah. – Double whammy. Oh, okay. Did you ever get towed? No, I, I ran out in time a couple times where somebody was about to, to get me. I'd be like, no, 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 no. They feel bad for college students or whatever. But I, I'd, run, I'd run back out. But, yeah, I'm racing all the way – because it's 105. I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to have to pay this bill. What are we doing? I'm just so glad I, I don't even think about the electric bill anymore. I, I, it just doesn't even occur to me. You have it on auto pay now? Yeah, it comes out automatically. I don't even think about it. There you go. And I'm not, that doesn't, I'm a lot of people are in that position. If you, you know, but I'm saying it's just, you maybe not oh. take for granted for a moment that I can just auto pay the electric bill hit, and not even think about it. Hit the Wayback Machine like we have a few times before. 
you knew where the five dollar ATMs were. Yeah. I knew where the one ten dollar was in town. It was at Bill's too. <laughs> because I had twelve dollars and I knew damn well I, I had twelve dollars. Four Pauls, here we come. Ten dollars <laughs> gets you a long I'm way. Be loaded tonight. Ten bucks. I'm going with four friends. Don't, let, don't let me win the wheel. I'm going with four friends. Everybody has a pitcher, and somebody's going to win that Somebody wheel. Somebody win. It. Let's go red. Free pizza. Yeah. Oh, good times, man. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tom writes at Jay Cameron show. And this was several hours ago. Good morning, good sir. I was hoping you could give your opinion on the dolphin situation and what you think of the punishment. And why isn't Tom Brady in any type of trouble since he was a willing participant? Yeah, that, that that's already been uh, noted that Brady isn't facing any um, issues with the NFL. Uh, going back to, to everything involved there. Um, it started when he was with the Patriots and they reached out to him when it was apparent he'd be leaving the Patriots. Uh, the first part of your question there, as far as um, what the Dolphins did, uh, you, you can't control who initiates a, a conversation. If somebody calls you or somebody reaches out to you, and at the time that he was originally going to leave, he certainly was capable of listening to whatever offer uh, the Dolphins were going to to issue the second part of that was with the bucks when he had announced um where he was going to retire and there's a window there and they're basically offering offering him a front office position part ownership is my understanding and then at some point he could go down onto the field and be a part owner player um now as far as what i think uh regarding the league's announcement of the dolphins being stripped of their 2023 first round pick and 2024 fourth round pick um, for the tampering situation and the fine he suspended through uh, Stephen Ross is suspended through October the 17th also the team's vice chairman was fined $500,000 and banned from league meetings I don't hurt your feelings because uh, something tells me the vice chairman doesn't have the same kind of money that Ross does uh, and I don't know that Stephen's going to pay for him no doesn't strike me as there. the guy who makes the order to do this and then doesn't stand up for him. Is he a building in Ann Arbor that yeah, he's not yeah, paying for it? Yeah. So uh, he, Stephen Ross was fined $1.5 million. Uh, as for that, um, Stephen Ross strikes me as an incredibly odd character given his response to the NFL's findings. Um, it, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, the NFL stated that they found that the Dolphins were guilty for uh, tampering on an unprecedented scope. <laughs> okay, that's quote-unquote. Um, 
there is, according to uh, Roger Goodell, another quote, no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both a head coach and a star player at the same time because they did this with the Saints as well. They were trying to put together a package deal. And that strikes me as hilarious and aggressive. Now, the part that Stephen Ross came out and talked about, um, this is a classic politician move. When you escape some of the assertions, that is to say the league doesn't go the, the next step and add to the fines, suspensions, picks being taken away, um, and directly note the assertions made by the previous head coach that he was told, in essence, to intentionally lose. When you when you come out of your when you come out with a quote that says, "See, told you," all they found was this tampering. Not that I ever had the Dolphins and this staff tank games, which he did. Okay, he one hundred percent did. And how you know that is when you actually read the rest of the report. They conclusively said that on more than one occasion through his communique, whether that be an email, like was alleged by Brian Flores, or a phone call, that it was very important that the Dolphins' draft position remain in the top five. Okay, that's obviously we're talking semantics at that point. You are telling the coach not to win games. You're telling him not to win games if the emphasis of your email is we should remain, our draft position is more important to me than the game plan this Sunday. I need you to understand it's very important we remain atop the draft board. Only one way to do that, Chief. You got to keep losing. So they did conclusively say that he basically told his team to lose games. For him to come out with a quote, he's just betting that none of us are going to actually read the report. He's doing what politicians do. He's just betting you're not going to, you're going to be too lazy to go look at what they actually had to say in the report. Because the report's lengthy. So they're hoping you're just going to get excerpts and you're not going to actually read it. But if you read it, you basically all but says the owner of the Dolphins told the Dolphins to lose. And that is the very definition of tanking which is what was alleged by Brian Flores. So I'm curious where this goes well, from this point forward. And then also his statement did, as you like to say there, that politicians do. He is told he can't be around the team, right? I mean, like he's suspended yes, until, October. until October. And so he says, as you can see, uh, it demonstrates that I did not tamper. Uh, I, while I don't agree with the severity of these penalties, I won't allow myself to become a distraction for this team's goal, which is winning. I won't. I won't allow myself to get in the way. Well, you're not allowed to. What do you mean you're taking control of that? That's like I quit versus yeah, you're you fired. fired. You're suspended. Well, I'm not going to allow myself to be around this team. That's right because you're suspended. I understand that, but I'm not going to allow uh, not, myself. Yeah, it's maddening. I'm not going to be around the team it's to maddening. distract them. But when you send an email to somebody emphasizing the importance of remaining atop the draft board, and then later claim it was in jest, and get the hell out of my face with that nonsense. That that's ridiculous. And then, you can't take that seriously. That's ridiculous. And, and that's what uh, Roger Goodell, quote, every club is expected to make a good faith effort to win every game. The integrity of the game and public confidence in professional football demands no less. He's 100% right. 
An owner or senior executive must understand the weight that his or her words carry and the risk that a comment will be taken seriously and acted upon, even if it was not what was intended. How would you intend that email? How else would you intend for that to be taken? LOL. <laughs> they looked at the email. There's no LOL on the end of that. Roger, there was a wink face emoji. It shows up as a square here on the transcripts, but I promise you. Look, the league's findings in their own document. On a number of occasions during the 2019 season, Ross expressed his belief that the Dolphins' position in the upcoming 2020 draft should take priority over the team's win-loss record. Those comments were made most frequently to team president and CEO Tom Garfinkel, but were also made to general manager Chris Greer and senior vice president Brandon Shore, and on one occasion, Flores himself, the coach, who said those exact words, he told me. Garfinkel is a name out of a novel, by the way. Outstanding. He told him to take $100,000 and go on a long vacation. <laughs> you know, I've always had a soft spot for the Dolphins, too. Once I got over yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they the were state, on TV yeah. and the Bucks weren't because they were blacked out because we didn't show up for games in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Once I got over the fact that that was an us issue and not a Dolphins issue, I had a soft spot for them. But this owner, he's one of those. He makes you not like them. Well, I, I have I, less of a soft spot because of this jackass. Correct. Um, yeah, he makes it hard. He makes it hard because I, I like, I too have come around on the Dolphins just because nostalgic reasons. My dad loves the Dolphins, and so I, you know, he was there when they got the franchise. So he's 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 all in, and he roots for them. And when I see their colors, I think of my dad. So I kind of root for them. But you're right, this guy. You're like, well. Kind of can't do that. He's trying he to make you hate looked, him. Now, the good news for Dolphins fans is that it does look like Stephen Ross will be dead any day now. Uh, if you if you take a good gander at my man, the darkness is creeping him. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt. <laughs> it's it's around the turn. Like he's looking over his shoulder and he sees darkness jump back behind the tree. He knows it's coming. He's Brad Pitt's character in the study. And the quickest way to win before the darkness it creeps upon you? I mean, well, just gets all up in me. Yeah. Is we've <laughs> we've got to have No, it's death. <laughs> We're speaking of death. Death is everywhere. I, I got it. I got it. Yes. We've got to draft in the top 5. Now. I'm not going to be going 9 and 7. <laughs> now 10 and 7. I can't be doing that, Flores. Oh man. Look at me. I'm about to die, Flores. We got to get a top five pick, probably to draft a quarterback. Because I'm not a believer in the one that they have. Damn you, Flores! You're too good at your job. You're gonna cost me. I'm gonna die without a Super Bowl. This is a great quote. Take a flight. Go on vacation. I'll give you one hundred thousand dollars per loss. <laughs> oh man. So how am I supposed to take this email? I think he wants us to lose. Is that are you getting the vibe there? <laughs> That's I, I feel that, like he wants us to lose. Is that a legit offer? Yeah, like what a hundred thousand dollars a game. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchat TV. Family. 
Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So there's a game tomorrow, Tom. There's a football game tomorrow. They're playing football tomorrow. It's happening. And somebody's knee is going to get destroyed, not by a tackle, but because the field in Canton, Ohio sucks. I'm sure sucks. they've remedied that situation, have they not? I mean, I, you got to believe it. I think they have. They have to have. I mean, when people refuse to play a game because the field's so bad at one point, <clears throat> I would think you would go out of your way to make sure it's one of the best fields that you could possibly play on at that point. Because that's, that's a black eye for the um, for the league. I don't know if they have enough money. Not sure. I, the only reason I'm excited is it's the start of preseason once that game is played. And we know that Harbaugh cares deeply. Get ready with the ATM, everybody. Soon enough. Lock it in. Get excited. Opportunities abound. Opportunities abound. So... We'll soon be uh, cashing checks. Preseason Harbaugh is my hero. Love that guy. Love that he cares that much. I bet his team hates him for that. We're gonna out here busting ass in the third quarter, I see, because it's a 10-10 game. Probably the second stringers do. Like The starters are going to get their rest, but if you're a second teamer, somebody who is squarely going to make the roster, you're not playing for your job in the preseason, but you're not a starter. That's the guy who hates John Harbaugh. But if you're a third or fourth stringer in that fourth quarter, you love the hell out of him. Especially if you're a quarterback. Yeah, you got opportunities. Like, Chuck it down the field, Let's young go. man. We're trying to win the game. Yeah. Trying to win the game, baby. Yeah. And the bet is always, just a reminder, folks, the bet isn't the, usually the spread. It's it's that Baltimore's going to win. Right. And it's expensive these days. Vegas picked up on it. But you know what? When it you win. Them, yeah. It took them two years to figure it out. I mean, everybody was around here celebrating Harbaugh's dedication <laughs> before they were like, hey, they've gone undefeated five years in a row, sweet Jesus. They need to have um, a, a real sports where they ask him about why he cares about the preseason so much. It'll be like his brother's interview, which was very uncomfortable, where he took, I think it was Andrea Kramer, to a parking lot in whatever town he grew up in. He's like, this is where I used to invent games. She's like, who would you play with? Nobody. But see, this is where the first baseman would be. His name was this. Like It was spooky. Jim Harbaugh. I didn't see that. Oh, really? This is from years and years ago. It was wackadoo? It was that, he he was talked that. about all of his imaginary friends and the games he'd create. Yeah. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. But it's done. Yeah, it's it doesn't sound. surprise you, does it? No, it doesn't. Considering he sleeps in the room of recruits when he visits their home. <laughs> it's a strange bird. They're going to take a step back this year. I hope Michigan fans enjoyed their little nanosecond of success last year under Harbaugh because it's gone. Ah. And it's gone. It- <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. the best you've ever done with that <laughs> South Park reference. I, wasn't, I mean, it's just perfect timing. So your research has told you that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I've got Big Ten bets in. They're not They're not going to repeat, sir. We just put you, People forget they, they won last year. They won, yeah, yeah, they went to the playoff. That ain't going to happen. That game year. was a joke, but they made the playoff. Yeah, Ohio State's oh, – that game was ugly. Uh, Ohio State's going to roll big in the Big Ten, so that, that'll be that. So would you bet the under on their win total at – what is it even at, 9.5, 10.5? I need to go back. Matthew, do oh. you remember what it was? I, I We did the Big Ten. I can't remember. I did that in the dead of summer. I'll have to go back and look at the bet. I've got so many But your metrics – what was it, returning starters in the trenches or – Yeah, they were losing uh, – well, they lost coaches on the coaching staff. They lost players up front. They lost uh, – Overall talent it was it just wasn't it wasn't a pretty picture. I don't I don't think they're going to be good. Um, 
I'll go back and find the video that we did for the college sports book. Uh, but I, I, I wasn't high on their chances of, of, of coming back. In fact, it's probably a good exercise in general now that we're here uh, to – I mean, it's it's about to be go time. Camps are pretty much opening oh, up everywhere now. September is a cakewalk, though, for uh, old Michigan. They're playing Colorado State, Hawaii, and Yukon to start the season. Yeah, that's a pretty... And their fourth game is Maryland at home. So their first real game is not until October 1st when they travel to Kinnick to play Iowa. Wow. And you don't want to travel to play Iowa. No, because that'll be a nighttime kick. It won't end well for them. It doesn't usually for most people. It's crazy. They'll score 60 points a game in the first four games, and they'll lose 13-10 to 10 on October 1st <laughs> at Kinnick. Um, by the way, I don't know if you saw Conley's article about teams that were most likely to sustain 2021 gains. So, the, you know, when you have a big jump, the premise for this was, you know, you have a big jump in win totals in a given year. You never want to go back. You want this new reality to stick, right? And you know, no, it never does. I mean, most people are like, "Oh, it's only going to get better for here, for, from here." And so he went on to to take a look at it because of, there were all those weird COVID teams that had great seasons, like Indiana. Remember that? Played really well, and so their preseason expectations saw them go way up, and then they went back to being Indiana. Sorry, ass Indiana. Yes. So if you bet the under on them, like. You had already won your bet. I mean, like three games in, like it was, it was, it, was, it changed. They went back to being sorry ass Indiana. From 2016 to 2020, 59 teams, 11.8 per season, saw their SP plus rating rise by at least 10 adjusted points per game in a given season. More than half of them proceeded to regress the next season, and 20% stumbled by at least 10 points, giving away most all of their previous seasons gained. A few managed to take yet another step forward. 14, however, of the 59 teams, 24% improved by at least another five points the following season. A few, UCF and North Texas in 2017, Fresno State in 2018, Arkansas, buddy. Oh, there it is. And UTSA in 2021. You know my UTSA team. I, I want some money with UTSA. Roadrunners. Yeah. Followed up a double-digit leap with another double-digit leap. So stay with me here. Following the COVID season of 2020, a whopping 20 teams took huge steps forward. UTEP, plus 19.6 points per game adjusted. Utah State, boom! Oh, they back? Plus 16.5. Western Kentucky, plus 16.2. Fresno State, plus 15.3. Michigan, plus 14.6. Baylor, plus 14.2. You get the point. Florida State, plus 10.5. Middle Tennessee, plus 10.1. Michigan State, plus 10. It'll happen again this year. If trends hold, eight or nine of them could improve even further. We have to hope we are in that group, one would think. It's done. And about four might take yet another leap. Connolly says these are the teams that he thinks are most likely to do so. You ready? NC State. I'm tired of NC State. Well, I mean, it's, I'm growing tired. They're basically BYU this year. They're all 25. Nine and three season for B, uh, for NC State is my guess. Tennessee likes them to win eight or nine games this year. Fresno State, nobody cares. Florida State. Hey. And I quote, and I'll stop here. 
It speaks to how far Florida State fell in recent years that a season that featured maybe the most hapless Hail Mary-ish loss you'll ever see was also a season of definitive improvement for the Knowles. Thanks, man. Got that in there, did he? Yeah, he did. That's legit. It's all That's all true. An 0-4 start all but clinched a fourth straight losing season. But the Knowles won five of their last eight games with big plays on offense and an efficiency on defense. Head coach Mike Norvell should be able to follow that up with real growth. The defense loses star defensive end Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas, but returns almost everybody else, and speedy incumbent quarterback Jordan Travis could have FSU's best line in ages in front of him. The skill core has some questions to answer, especially if high-efficiency slot man Winston Wright Jr., a transfer from West Virginia, can't play or is not 100% because of a car accident. But this could be a borderline top 30 football team, something the Knowles haven't had since 2017. There's really no issue with that take top to bottom. It's a good take. He's, I think that's fair. He projects, according to his averages, 8-4. and four. Rack them. <laughs> that's a good call. I like that call. All right, Bill. Bill's usually on my good list anyhow, but that that solidifies it. It's always well-reasoned. You're right. As cruel as it is to have to read that aloud, especially the line, the most hapless Hail Mary-ish loss ever. Mm. It hurts, stings. I mean, Even, it feels that way to me. I just I hate to hear that somebody else on the outside feels that way too. He like has, it's going to be on the clips of the lowlights of the worst Hail Mary losses ever. Ours is going to be there. Well, he's got the link to it right here. He put it in the in the write up. <laughs> he put it in the freaking write up. But have you ever gone back and watched it again? Yeah. Recently? No. I did. I don't know how I came across it. I was reading an article, or maybe I was prepping something for the college sports book, and I needed to see something. And as I was going through looking statistically at Florida State season, uh, I came across an article that had that that game in it in that play, and I was like. I'm going to watch this again. I'm going to watch this a little bit closer. Because when I watched it live, I told you I threw the remote. I haven't thrown the remote in forever. I didn't know that. And I got up and calmly, after that, calmly walked out of the the room. Walked back to my bedroom. You know, the the low-key worst part of that game, outside of the obvious, is that it took four hours. So, you know, (laughs) by the fourth quarter, you're like, just, all right, let's end this. It's a win. Just end it. We're already pissed off. And then they found a way to actually outdo themselves. It was such an ugly game. At no point did I entertain they were going to lose the game. Right. Yeah. It was like, oh, take your and whatever, three-point win. Yeah. And then when it happened, like when the scenario started playing out, I went, oh, well, we, we could lose. So honestly, though, when they lined up to basically throw the Hail Mary, which wasn't a Hail Mary. It's an actual route because we didn't cover it on the previous play. When they missed on the previous play, I went from edge of the couch holding my breath going, that's open, which was annoying because I thought, why are we in this defense and how is that guy running right past him? That's not ideal. You've got to be sure that this is in front of you. And then they run it again, and I can see it's the exact same play. If you're trying to make people mad about this all over again, you're succeeding. But I did. I, I leaned now forward. Mad. I leaned forward. I did. I was like, okay, let's see here. What, what is this? What? And then... Yeah. Why'd you do this? I'm mad again now. But even when he caught it, did you say, just tackle him? Man, what? 
<laughs> Are you trying to break me down like no, it's okay. Will Hunting? It's okay, man. It's okay. It happens. Play football long enough, it's going to happen to you. <laughs> is that like with Fuller? It is your fault. It is your it fault. Is Come, your here, fault. Come here, son. Come here, son. It is, it is, it your, is fault. your fault. I'll take my chances on a 57-yard field goal, coach. Let it be in front of you, okay? It is your fault. Yeah. If he makes the field goal, we'll win it in overtime. Don't mess with me. It is your fault. It is your fault. (laughs) But luckily, it got all turned around after that. Everything was all right. (laughs) I'm still finding shards of glass from my beer bottle I spiked in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I haven't. um, My guess is it wasn't your seventh. It was probably your 17th. If you were having beer at any point during that game, you went over your adult record because that's what it took to get through that game to get to the fourth quarter in the first place. I only had three beers that night. Good for you. I was so I was interested in other games. Our, I was like, that's right. Our game was an afterthought. You, yeah, you most people would do that. That's what I'm yeah, saying. If you're yeah. locked in to Florida State and Jacksonville State that last game. year, and you went yeah. the distance yeah. with the sound up <laughs> and the channel never changing, you broke records with whatever substance it is that is at your side for football. Games. <laughs> By the way, I like to read this before we do so, before I do probables. You don't have time. I don't have no time for problems. No time for no. problems. Under a minute to go. Oh, sorry, guys. You don't get problems today. <laughs> Kevin writes, I watched that Jack State game in Maine, and the icy waters of the Atlantic looked mighty tempting afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, Kevin. I care, and I love Florida State football, and I get passion, uh, and, and I was, I'm very passionate about the team. But I'm of the age and now where I, I don't know. I don't. Oh, that one was a tester. That was a tester. I just went to bed after I threw the remote. You chucked something. I though. chucked the remote against the couch. It wasn't against the wall. And I just, my son was looking at me. He's against like, the China closet. <laughs> Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. 